So joining us just before the podcast starts is Colin from Jails Food Bank. Colin, I believe you've got an initiative running at the moment. Can you give us a wee bit more information on what that is? Uh, so it's all to do with um, this initiative called Fan Supporting Food Banks, initially started by uh, Liverpool fans and Everton fans um, who kind of work together to help people in need across the city and it's spread across uh, the country with loads of different fan groups from up and down Britain that have done it um, and we're just the kind of rangers iteration of it um, called Jairs Food Banks. So where, where are you based? So we've been working with a few organisations, um, mostly the Trussell Trust, that are, they're kind of split between Govan and Glasgow Southside, uh, the Crookston Community Group and the Govan Pantry, so it's kind of areas around Ibrox, kind of local community areas um, that we've been kind of supporting. Brilliant, brilliant. So in terms of donations, what, what do you accept? Is it purely food donations or finan- do you accept financial donations also? Um, it is food donations at the moment um, and like kind of cosmetic stuff, shampoo, things that folk generally need that keep for a long time uh, are all fine. Yes, yeah, I was going to ask that. Obviously, I'm not uh, too um, in the know about the intricacies of food banks, but is there anything you don't accept? Um, yeah, I mean, generally, fresh goods aren't recommended because yeah. they, they go off quickly and a lot of it can end up going to waste. Um, so stuff like tinned goods, dried goods, things like that. And, and obviously, it's something that we wish we never had to deal with, uh, food banks, especially in the 21st century Scotland. But um, the question needs to be asked anyway, has there been a, a decent uptake in this? Uh, you had a, had a lot of people kind of coming to you, getting help? Uh, well, when we first set up the Twitter page, there was quite a lot of um, traction. We got a lot of attention um, and the first couple of collections went really well, but it has died down a bit recently, uh, which is a shame. Um, you know, the way we look at it, not everyone has to bring something, but even if 1% of the people that come to Ibrox on a Saturday brought something in one can, that would be 500. That's a huge difference for people in need. So it's just about getting the word out and even a small number of people doing the bare minimum is going to help massively. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, do you collect at the stadium on March Day or that? Yeah, so it's usually about once a month. Um, we usually set up outside the subway station, Ibrox subway station, just opposite the Loudoun. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, lots of, lots of volume of traffic there anyway. Um, I don't know, any other guys, Eddie, Scott, Kenny, you just want to ask Colin any questions about us? Because obviously it's a very, very worthy cause and it's obviously Rangers related as well. And and the obviously the state of the country at the moment where we actually, uh, people are relying on food banks is, is quite draconian, but um, it's a vital service to so many people and it's one of those things that it's almost taboo to talk about which is a bit I don't I don't like that that fact but as a fact people don't like to talk about it and I think what Colin's doing by raising awareness and obviously showing uh, or, or even relating football to it is is uh, it's it's very clever actually I think because it will bring a lot of people to the table um, so to speak. You said that you are set up outside the subway once a month how would we find out what match days exactly it is because i, I travel up from uh, from the northeast england for games but if i know that you guys are going to be set up on a certain match day then actually i will bring some stuff up and come and drop it off so yeah so um it goes on our twitter page which is at jer's food banks um just all one word um the next one we'll be doing is kelly on the 4th of march um so yeah, they usually happen 
about once a month. It's not really like we don't really have the manpower to be doing it every single game. And I think that would kind of wear people out as well. So it's better to stagger out a bit. But yeah, um, you can find out on our Twitter page. Which, of course, we will promote in the description of this podcast and we will um, retweet as well. I, I will I will commit to you now, Colin, and I'll retweet this from my own personal account as well because I think it is a, a very worthy cause. Scott, I don't know if you wanted to come in there. Just to say, obviously, Chris, you've addressed if there's way that pe- ways that people can help in terms of food and finance and that. Colin, is there a way that, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are using food banks. There's a lot of people that, might want to help but might not be in the position themselves to help other than maybe giving up some of their time is there a way that people can get in contact and are you looking for any extra bodies and that that can can maybe help uh, in whatever way they can you can send us a private message on the twitter page if you want to get involved and we have a whatsapp group that people can be added to um, if they want to help and we also have an email address that you could send us another thing to so that's rfcfoodbank at gmail.com brilliant brilliant deal Kenny, um, you any questions for Colin? Not really, to be honest. I've just, just got to be highly commended, isn't it? It's a great cause. And if you could get more people to donate, it'd be fantastic, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, It's something that really took off um, with the first iteration of it in Liverpool, where it's had such a kind of tangible impact on so many people's lives. And we just kind of want to get the same thing going here, you know? Colin, I think you're doing a very fantastic thing for a very worthy cause. Um, and I believe by doing this, obviously related to Rangers, you will remove a, a certain stigma to, to, to the cause because as I, as I did mention, there is, there is a, a bit of a stigma around this, um, which there really shouldn't be. Uh, I think it's just the world we live in now where people don't want to be seen to be needing such a service, but at the end of the day, they do need it. And there is this social media element um, where it's kind of hashtag Rangers family. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm, I'm really not. I think it's, I think it's quite cringy, but... It, it, at the same time, looking after your own is so, so important and more of it needs to be done because I think as a fan base, we're such a huge fan base and we're not always singing from the same hymn sheet. There's plenty of disagreements here, but when it comes to it, we will back each other and we will look after each other. And this is something that, as you say, it's it's not been done exclusively to Rangers fans. And the fact that you brought that to the table um I can only um, concur with what Kenny said, just highly commendable. Um, and I think it's absolutely fantastic and pure respect to you, mate. Cheers. Uh, yeah, it's about solidarity, you know, just helping people in need. And, you know, the Rangers fan base have demonstrated, you know, in the past that they're capable of coming together to raise a lot of money or a lot of support for worthy causes. So, you know, why would this be any different? Absolutely, absolutely. And as I said, we will have um, some links in the description to the, the Twitter feed and a wee bit more about what Colin's doing there with, for this very worthy cause. And um, we will be retweeting it from the, the obviously, the, the podcast account and my own account. I will obviously be raising as much awareness of this as I possibly can. I'd imagine that'd be the same for Eddie and Kenny um, and even producer Andrew and Scott. Uh, we will help uh, Colin um, get as much traction and as much help to this and as many donations as we possibly can because... I sometimes say in, in the podcast, you know, if one person likes, follows or subscribes to our social media channels, it goes a long way. Certainly in this instance, if one person makes one donation, it will certainly go a long way to improving the quality of life for, for individuals who are Rangers fans. So, as I say, Colin, pure respect, mate. Perfect. Thank you.
My name is Chris Fair and welcome to Just Fucking Win on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and the guys will be discussing Rangers' via play cup final game against the other mob, which takes place this Sunday at Hamden. Joining me to look ahead to this is, first of all, Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. Cheers. Good, good. Um, Eddie? Hello, yeah, I'm good as well. Good, mate, good. And producer Andrew? Hello. Battle fever is fully on at this point. Oh, well, you sound really enthusiastic saying that, Andrew. <laughs> That's just how I sound all the time, Chris. <laughs> I, you can't help it, you can't help it. And um, joining Kenny, Eddie, Andrew and I is the returning Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate? Hi, mate, how you doing? Good to be here again. Yeah, it's good to have you on again, mate. So, obviously, it's uh, a very, very important game this weekend. Um, it's a massive game, the game of the season, if you will. It's... Uh, a cup final, it's at Hamden, and it's against our main rivals, who we will, for comedic purposes, refer to as the other mob um, throughout the podcast. If anybody, this is the only time I'm going to mention the word Celtic, well, apart from there, if anyone mentions Celtic, um, they need to do a forfeit, okay? So, the form getting into this game, uh, since Michael Beale, if we just look at it from when Michael Beale arrived, um, it's... I, absolutely identical. Both teams played 14. Both teams have won 13 and both teams have drawn once and obviously that draw came against each other in January. So, Andrew, I'll come to you first. You cannot split the teams at all um, since Michael Beale came in because that, that's where I'm taking it from. I think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to take it from when Gio uh, left to, to, to now, even though it actually does extend the unbeaten run, um, ironically. But since Michael Beale came in, identical... Um, positions of form um as i said you can't split them so on paper this should make for a very very tasty cup final i mean we talked uh, just in the last uh, game that we were reviewing about how it was probably a great watch the neutral but shit for us so kind of hoping it's more pleasurable for us this time round. um and we throw the form book out the window and absolutely tonk the other mob so We'll see. It's it's a difficult split to make, right? Um, I think you could maybe say that they have the edge based on historical form and, you know, goal scored. But I think we've all seen enough old firms to know that form completely goes out the window when it comes to this, especially in a cup fight. Scott, it's a good point that Andrew makes here about um, Celtic point. Uh, well, there we go. The, the forfeit's mine. Forfeit. <laughs> um, that lasted a while. I did. It lasted a whole two minutes. Um it's a good point Andrew makes, obviously, about um, the other mob having the edge, because usually leading into these these games, um, there is a, a certain narrative over who is the favourite. You have the 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 customary bookie odds. You have the the pundits giving their opinions. This must be the first game in a very very long while where literally the pundits and the bookies can't split either side. Yeah, you're no far wrong there. Um, for me, I think it comes down to. I mean. It, form does go out the window in these games. I know it's cliche, but it really does. I've seen games when we've been playing at the top of our peak and we've been beaten, and I've seen games when we couldn't fucking buy a win and we've managed to get one in the old firm. So um, I think the only thing for me is, and I don't want to sound negative, listen, Michael Beals come in, we are playing better football, we are getting the results, but we're not playing to the heights that we expect. It seems to be that we're, we're scraping a win every week. Or I know we beat Livingston 3-0, but it, it could have been 7 or 8. It's I, I don't feel we're as clinical as we should be. Whereas Celtic, I think, are playing very good. 
But at the same time, some of their results have been a scrape as well. So if we can scrape wins when we're not playing at our best, and that's been pretty much our season. We've been scraping by and scraping by and scraping by, but we're getting three points every week. It's usually the one that that breaks the breaks the trend that sort of changes the season. So there's a part of me that's sitting thinking, you know what, we're not playing that well. We're maybe due a big performance, and that might just be too much for Celtic on Sunday. Kenny, how are you feeling about the form, um, not of both sides, but just exclusively Rangers uh, getting into the game? Scott alludes to the form's been great, but the performances maybe not so much. Uh, there's been a few good performances, but there's been more average performances than good performances. I don't think that's too controversial to say that. I think that's just about accurate. Do we need to turn up on Sunday and perform a time castle or can we get by on the day by performing um, like a Ross County away? Uh, does it depend upon what the other mob do on the day or will it depend upon what we do on the day? It'll depend on what we do on the day. Um, first and foremost, what we have to do is defend as well as we possibly can because whether we like it or not, they've got, they're, they're potent up front. They create chances, they score goals. So our, our back four and our keeper need to be right on it. Um, but to counter that, I would say that what we do have middle to front is more than capable of causing them a lot of damage as well. So I think the, the game will be won and lost in midfield. They usually are these games anyway, as you know. But uh, I I happen to think that we will have to play at the top of our game because we are playing a team in that mob that are that they've lost, what, twice in 60 games or something like that domestically. I don't know exactly what the stats are. Uh, they're a confident uh, side. So that that we have to counter that and understand that, that we are playing a team that for all that we are gaining confidence, they, they, they have it in abundance. So for me, I, th- I think what we need to do, uh, first and foremost in the game on Sunday, is start well. Uh, we, we've, we've been too slow. But what I will, again, to counter that and perhaps disagree with uh, Scott a little bit, is I actually think our form has been really pretty decent. I think we're playing quite well. What we aren't doing is scoring enough of the chances that we're creating. Uh, and I think if we can take uh, a high percentage of our chances, I, I'm not saying we're going to win on Sunday, but I'm quite confident that we can do. Eddie, uh, as most of you know, uh, my best mate is a massive Celtic fan. And I can always gauge the confidence or, or the mood of perhaps an element of the Celtic uh, fan base just on how my mate's feeling with all these games. Now, the game in August, he was confident. The game in January, it was overconfident. Um, and I met him last night and he says that he's very nervous about this. So for all that what Kenny said there is absolutely correct, Celtic are a, a bit of a juggernaut at the moment domestically and, you know, two defeats in 60 does sound about right to be fair. We have shown enough underbuilt to, you know, give them something to think about. And I'm not saying that the whole Celtic fan base is, is nervous. Um, as I said, I'm just judging this solely on one person, but I think he captures the mood pretty accurately. The fact that my mate is, is nervous about this game, it shows you that we've given them something to think about. Because I have to say, uh, and it'll be interesting to kind of get your viewpoint on this, this might be controversial, but I actually don't think it is at all. I do make the other mob favourites for this. I look at it as they're nine points ahead. Um, they are the current holders of the competition. And as Kenny alluded to, they, they have won a massive amount of games over the last 18 months. So 
I, I would put them as slight favourites, not to obviously um, knock our own chances or in any way do I feel them. I'm just looking at from the, um, the paper form, if you will, and I know the game is they paid, played in paper, but that, that's all we've got to go on before a ball is kicked. So what, what, what do you make of that? So just to cut back to your comment about um, not many fans or, or the bookies being able to separate us, just to start check that bet three six five has as at nine to four and them at eleven to ten. So I don't think it's controversial of you to say that Celtic are probably the favourites because the bookies do have them as favourites. And and that's not without merit. I mean, going over the course of the season, like you say, they're nine points clear. So, yeah, I'm not a better, but does that <clears throat> just slight favourites or or, or, or favourites? They're, they're kind of the heavier favourite of the two. They're not like a, a kind of nailed on to win, but they're okay. like even money and where kind of you're more than doubling your return plus like your own stake if we win. So the, they are kind of favourites, just not like heavy, heavy. Um, but it's not, like I say, it's not without merit. They've kind of earned their, their place there just now. Um, but I, I think you may, it's probably right to have that kind of not so certain about it. Because if we look at the last time we played, the only kind of Beal versus Ange we can go on. Um, with Beal in this particular role, he was one mistake in a late substitution away from winning. So he's certainly given them something to think about, and we have been getting the results. I agree with Scott um, as opposed to Kenny. If I'm being honest in that, I don't think the performances have quite been their hearts aside. I think we've been not great to watch, but in all honesty, I'll take an absolutely stinking performance on Sunday if it means that we get to sh- uh we get to wave a shiny trophy at the fans. That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would agree with that. I would take, I would take an own goal uh, as a win. I would take another one 0 Callum McGregor. Callum I mean, McGregor. I would absolutely take an own goal for yeah. a win. You know the, the the game where McGregor scored that own goal, we didn't even have a shot on target. Like I would, I would take that all day long. Um, usually leading up to old fun games uh, or, or even cup finals, it, it can be a bit of a circus. Um, and it's it's not really been the case uh, leading up to this. As I, as I mentioned offline, guys, it's it's almost been a bit low key, um, which is a bit bizarre. However, uh, I will contradict myself ever so slightly here and mention that on Monday uh, it literally was a circus. Like it literally was a circus. When do you ever see the Rangers manager and the Celtic manager sitting down next to each other in the same press conference? Uh, it was a very um, a very, very interesting scenario, but I have to say, uh, I, I don't know if any of you guys agree with this, but it's a masterstroke by Viaplay um, because, you know, getting the two old firm managers to sit down with each other for a, a joint press conference is not something you see every day. So it gets them talking with their logo on the back. Uh, sorry, it gets everyone talking and their logos on the back. So a bit of a masterstroke in that sense. There wasn't really too much to read into. Uh, the, the joint press conference at all from either manager. I, I think both of them were cautious. Michael Beale more cautious than than he's ever been, really, which I think is deliberate. We'll come on again to some things that have been said in the press conferences by certain um, individuals, Sakala, Barisic and, and Beale himself. But just on the joint press conference, Kenny, how, how did you feel about, obviously, the, the, the situation where the Rangers... Um, and the other mobs manager are sitting next to each other for a joint press conference in the week before a, a cup final against each other. And I've seen a lot online about 
possibly the difference in body language. Um, I'll be honest, the, you could see there is a difference in body language there. I'm no body language expert. I'm not going to sit here and have a full analysis on how Ange Postecoglou crossed his arms a certain way and all this kind of stuff. But um, th- th- there was a difference, but I, I, I'm going to read absolutely nothing into that because I, it's, I just think, in my opinion, the both of them, Bill and Postecoglou, I think, they respect each other on a football level, but when it comes to a personal level, you can tell there is a bit of needle there, there maybe is a wee bit of dislike there, which is fine. You, you, you're not going to like everybody that you you meet uh, cross paths with in life. You look at the difference between Postecoglou and Van Bronckhorst, they two, for me, were too close. And I'm not even talking about the, the, the chance encounter at the restaurant. I'm I'm talking about every time we played them after, before the game, after the game. They were very touchy-feely. Um, didn't really particularly like that at all. Whereas you can tell that Postecoglou and, and Bill, they, they're not the best of pals. Just, let's just say that. Well, Michael Bill's got right under his skin almost immediately, hasn't he? He's commented a, a few weeks back about him being a lucky manager in terms of the budget he has and all that was was an absolute peach of a thing to say because it just kept getting spouted by, back out by Big Ange week in, week out. That he, You know, he just kept responding to it. And you could tell when a manager does that that you've, you've got pretty much where you want him in terms of the, the psychology of that. Uh, as for the, the idea that Viaplay putting the two of them together, yeah, I know what you mean. It's a, it's a nice PR stroke, but I'm an old traditionalist and keep that mob as far away from us as we can till the game, actually. But, um, look, the, the the body language was really quite funny because you can, it was really, really obvious that they don't like each other. But uh, that's, I, I, that's exactly what I took from it. You, you could tell it was two guys in the they, they don't like each other. It's quite yeah. clear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the one thing I did notice that... Uh, you're talking about you're not a, a, a you know an expert in body language. N- neither am I particularly, but I am very much aware of it. Uh, you know, over the years, and Michael Beale was uh, sitting tall, proud, looking about the room where Big Ange from the other mob was slouched and uncomfortable. Uh, so, not that it means anything in terms of the game, obviously, um, but I. I Thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got to say, as a Rangers fan, I found it really quite funny. Uh, and I did particularly enjoy uh, Poster Coglu's uh, discomfort in being put, uh, being put in that position, I should say. Really funny for me, actually. And as you say, to be fair to Viaplay, a clever move, actually. But let's be honest, they could, they could have done it. They might not have done it. Whatever. People are going to watch the game anyway. So <laughs> I don't really... I don't really overly get it, but yeah, I get the PR side of it. Perhaps I do one reason for it happening and both managers agreeing to it. And, and I really, really don't want to look into this too much. Um, but probably already past the point of looking into it too much, to be fair. But maybe part of the reason is to show the Rangers and select managers sitting there um, sends a message to both sets of fans. Yeah, it could be. I don't think it is. I think it, as, Ken, as yourself and Kenny have kind of alluded to earlier, is it's all about getting the kind of the sponsorship out there via play. I mean, let's be honest, not many people really call it the via play cup final. It's the league cup final. So getting the two managers together. I still call it a CIS cup. <laughs> it's only just uh, not that long after I've stopped referring to it as the Coca-Cola cup. Um, I... <laughs> Kenny, Kenny still calls it the Skull Cup. <laughs> it's the Skull Cup and it always will be, okay. 
<laughs> but it, it, it is a way of getting their that Viaplay logo out there because even though none of us really care about them doing the interview together, that photo has been floated around on Twitter by hundreds and hundreds of accounts and seen thousands and thousands of times. So it's a good bit of advertisement for them. And in the long run, it doesn't really mean a great deal of anything. Scott, I know for a fact you hated it. I wouldn't want to sit in the adjacent dugout to him, let alone sit next to him at a press conference. And uh, that's just me. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that's very Premier League, very broadcasty, very soccer, very Super Bowl American shite. We're we're above, or we want to say we're above that. We're below that. We've we've got real hatred and real passion in our rivalry, and that's that's a bit tin pot. I, I, I'm a bit disappointed. Either club agreed to it. Tommy Burns and Walter Smith did it. I think there was a. Um... I think there was more of a, a mutual respect there between those two, and it was, um, I think, Walter done it out of sympathy. <laughs> just being Probably honest. true. Just being totally honest. Uh, I think it was just pure pity on Walter's part, um, which is, you know, good to see. Ed, Eddie, did Tommy Burns not give uh, Brian Loudrup a Man of the Match award or something like that? He did indeed. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, brilliant. It's, it's, mad. it's mad how we say that the, the, the rivalry is steeped in hatred and it's got so many traditions on either side and there's so many deep-rooted uh, issues within the rivalry and Kenny, you just made a good point, obviously Tommy Burns presented Brian Longdrop with a Man in a Match award there's, there's footage of Celtic directors singing God Save the Queen and drinking from the Loving Cup uh, to me, uh, it's uh, Andrew, obviously you've not had a, a, a chance to speak yet so I'll bring you in, maybe you're not the best because obviously you're not living in the city but to me, it's this is the most peak hatred between the two sets of fans there has ever been, and it coincides with what happened in 2012. But before then, issues with, and 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 when I say issues, I don't I don't mean that you know it was all Neil Lennon's fault. There was obviously stuff happening on both sides, but obviously with Neil Lennon arriving at Celtic, that that kind of um, dialed it up a wee bit. But it really is at the absolute peak that it's ever been because I can tell you right now we will never see Peter Lawwell in the Rangers Blue Room drinking at the Loving Cup singing God Save the King. We will never see Ange Postecoglou giving uh, Ryan Kent a Man in a Watch Award. Uh, so it, it just shows you that for all the romanticising of how much we hate each other, it's actually not got better. It's got worse. Things have got better you know, in terms of you know, the bigotry and all this kind of stuff in society, of course it has, but the actual sporting rivalry, we can't stand each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a difficult one, right? Like like you say, I'm not involved, I'm not up in the city, I'm, I'm in another bigger city. Uh, so, you know, if I mention Scottish football, they'll, they'll, there's like a 50-50 chance they'll know who Rangers and Celtic are. Um, but, I mean... I, I'd say that there's still obviously immense bitterness between the two clubs, right? Uh, us and the other mob. But, you know, it's only a couple of years ago we had Scott Brown going over to uh, shake Len Kamara's hand after he was racially abused. Now, there's an argument to be made that it's not necessarily Scott Brown doing that because he's a really nice guy or anything like that. But I, I think there's a certain professionalism that, that has been there in general between the two clubs. But... Uh, I think it's certainly fair to say that the fans' bitterness towards each other, that's as strong as ever, you know? So, yeah, it, it's a difficult one. It's, I'm not I'm not particularly a fan of the joint press conferences. It felt a bit, you know, post-match WWE type thing, which 
I, I find weird as well. So, um, so yeah, not 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 too keen on that to be honest. Well, it kind of leads me to my next kind of talking point from the press conferences, um, and this is this is really an odd one for me. Fashion Sakala uh, referred to Celtic as the other mob. Uh, if if you've not seen it, then first of all, where have you been? And second of all, well, you you'll easily be able to find this on social media. On our TikTok. On our TikTok, there we go. Um, so he referred to Celtic as the other mob now. Just a flipping throwaway comment. Yeah, it kind of rabble roused the, the Rangers fans a little bit as it does. We like to see stuff like that. It's, it's not deep. It's not deep at all. Uh, Fashion Sakala is the nicest man you'll ever meet, but he just showed that particular bit of disdain towards Celtic. That's fine. That honestly is fine. Uh, and when you compare what Rangers fans have had to endure the last 10 years with a Celtic uh, or, or the other mob. I'm, I'm really not doing well in Monroe here, am I? <laughs> um, they go out their way to distance themselves from the old firm, yet they're trademarking the old firm because they still want to make money from it. They call it the Glasgow Derby. They, there was a period in time where they were referring to Rangers as the opposition on Twitter. Uh, a Rangers fan could say on Twitter... Um, can't wait to get to Ibrox today, and literally you can have two or three Celtic fans saying, "Oh, your club deed, your club's deed is Sevco, and you let your club die." Blah blah blah. So we've had to put up with a lot of kind of bullshit, um, and that's just the consequences of what happened in 2012, I, I suppose. Uh, and, and 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 when Celtic do it to Rangers, they they lap it up, and this is Celtic's actual social media account. It's not exactly the players. Some players have kind of. You know, I, I I remember a particular interview with Scott Brown, uh, his last ever old firm game where. Alfredo Morelos broke his duck and he referred to him at the back post, got the goal. Didn't say Morelos, uh, which is just bizarre. And the Celtic fans who were 25 points behind Rangers at the time and they just fucked 10 in a row, they absolutely loved it. So, yeah, it, it didn't even bother the Rangers fans. We just laughed. And I really was quite expecting the, the same reaction from the Celtic fans about this other mob, um, this other mob, mob comment. And to be fair to the Celtic fans, I've seen very little of them even talking about it. Uh, it's the the pundits I want to talk about with us. Uh, so first of all, John Hartson, he says that Rangers should be showing Celtic more respect. Really? This is a guy who booted his own teammate in the head and he wants to talk about respect. Um, no, John, I'll take I'll take moral lessons off people who actually um, have, have lived a, a, a cleaner life than yours. Um, and I, I certainly won't be taking any from him. Um, so no surprise there. That's just John Hartson being John Hartson. He's a puppet. That's all he'll ever be. Um, and you know, do you know what? This is why I prefer Chris Sutton to John Hartson because at least Sutton's quite cute at times. You know, Sutton's actually got a brain up there. Um, whereas, whereas John Hartson's just, um, he's just stupid. He really is. He's just absolutely stupid, and he does not deserve to even have this amount of airtime from me talking about him. But he certainly doesn't deserve to be on national, um, a national broadcaster for a, a big important game, which he will be this weekend. And I do not know why BT continue to go with him because it's, it, it brings nothing to the table. However, for me, the most disappointing um, comment about this other mob um, quip from Sakala was from Barry Ferguson. Now, this is a Rangers captain who's steeped in the traditions and history of our football club. He was a... I'm going to say he's the best captain I've seen in my lifetime. I missed Richard Goff. I went straight from kind of nine in a row, uh, first season, Dick Abbeycat was sort of my kind of first footballing season, if you will. And Barry Ferguson is the greatest captain I've ever seen. And I'll never take that away from him unless, obviously, a better captain comes along. But since since Barry, there has no been 
there has been no better captain, uh, in my opinion. Barry is Rangers till he dies. I know he is. You know, there, there's no point talking down his credentials. Ferguson's problem is he wants to be pally with the Celtic media puppets because it keeps him in a job and it brings money into his uh, household. And I'm not going to accept that for Barry Ferguson. This is a guy who, in Bothwell Bridge, getting a tussle with three or four Celtic fans after getting beat 6-2 at Parkhead. This is a guy who has shown complete and utter disdain to Celtic over the years um, on the pitch. Maybe not so much off the pitch, but certainly on the pitch. Um, and this is a guy who feels that Rangers players should be shown Celtic more respect. Uh, Scott, if that's not a show, I don't know what is. I genuinely don't. You, you get, you know what you're expecting. You're going to get those comments for the Suttons and the Hartsons of this world or whatever. I agree with what you said. Sutton will be quite. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I genuinely think John Hartson is just fucking clueless. But I, I don't get, considering the last decade and even before that, but especially the last decade, there has been no respect shown to us. And I don't ever feel they warrant it back. The only thing I can think of in terms of when they're saying you need to show the opposition respect because they're a team that's going to play. See, any time we've shown Celtic respect on the park, we've actually been worse. You look you look at the, the, the game where we get horsed at Parkhead and then you look at the game last season when we get horsed at Parkhead where Borna Barisic decided to have a squat and a ball. Those both games, we come out and we let Celtic play. See, any time we go for the throw and we don't show them the respect and we treat them like a fucking bunch of diddies out there, that's when we play better. And we need to not be intimidated. So anybody in the media saying, oh, Rangers need to show Celtic some respect, fuck off. You know what I mean? It's a two-way street and you don't show us any. Well, show us all you want. I'm still not going to show you any. Kenny, I've not had the chance to speak to you offline about this particular issue with Barry Ferguson, um, but I'm going to take a wild punt here and say that you're not very pleased about it. No. Um, again, I, listen, you're talking about him being a the best captain in your lifetime. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you, but he's not the best captain in my lifetime. And something that seems to be forgotten along the way about Barry Ferguson is that Walter Smith papped him out the door uh, as he was the Rangers captain because he wasn't being a Rangers captain. Uh, and I, I don't know what it is about him. Um, I don't know if he is just a shell or he's a little bit bitter about the way things turned out for him at Rangers. Um, even right down to the Pedro Cachinha interview, if you've ever heard that story and all the rest of it, um, I, I'm I'm just kind of bored of him. Actually, um, he, he does it oh, literally on a weekly or you know fortnightly basis. He's coming out and he's criticising something about uh, Rangers or a Rangers player or whatever. Um, and I'm not doubting the fact that he's a he's a great Rangers player. I'm not doubting that he's uh, his heart is forever embedded at Ibrooks and all the rest of it, but it, no, there's. It's actually got to the point where I've got a little bit of a, an admiration for something as you say, and I think Hartson's just a little bit thick, okay. But they're doing a job for the club that maybe has them on a retainer or whatever. I don't know what it is, and maybe Rangers don't do that with Barry, and that's why he's annoyed. I, I don't know, but. I've actually got to the point with certain individuals, ex-players or whatever, uh, somebody at Ibrox needs to start kind of calling these guys out a little bit. Now, I don't know if that's Michael Beale or somebody else. Uh, 
but we actually need to put a little bit of pressure on them because you can do that as a as a Rangers manager or getting that message out there by praising what a certain and a Hapson does. You don't even need to criticise the individual. Uh, do you know what I mean by that? It, it, it's yeah. just one of those things that I've got to the point where uh, I I, I kind of almost switch off at, when I see... I don't listen to it. Is it Go Radio? He's on or whatever. I don't listen to any of these radio stations, but um, it gets thrown out, the clip on Twitter or whatever, and you see it and you just think, oh my goodness, here we go again with this guy. Um, he's not he's not really had a nice word to say about Rangers uh, for many a year when you actually listen to him. And it would be easier. Uh, and I, I, listen, it would be, a, I'm going to try and explain myself very quickly on this. Because I understand I'm a little bit older than you guys and, uh, you know, that Barry is revered by your generation, if you want to call it that, without sounding patronising. I don't think he's revered by the older uh, Rangers players quite as much as he is by you as a person, if you know what I mean. As a player, there's no no question he's a, a Rangers great. He's an absolute legend as a football player nobody's going to dispute that but as a person I think a, a lot of the older people uh, following Rangers at that time kind of seen through them a lot uh, whereas you were a younger boy uh, at that time and uh, you know my, my son said it to me tonight actually that he was his idol he was his hero as a kid but he just thinks he's a bit of a dick now and that just kind of sums it up for me if you know what I mean that to be honest with you, I don't really know what else to say about him. I, I, he just does it all the time, and he's been doing it for years, Chris, and it, it's disappointing, but it's not unexpected. Eddie, I obviously kind of try to justify it uh, when I was giving my spiel there about it, but do you think it is just simply a case of he knows what's going to make him money, and he's saying what's going to make him money? Because let's be honest, him coming out and praising the job Michael Beal's done, him coming out and praising certain players or the way the clubs ran or whatever – blah, blah, blah. Uh, he knows he's not going to get the clicks. He knows he's not going to get the attention. He knows that he's not going to get people wanting to hear more from him. Yet, he also knows on the flip side that if he says something negative about Rangers uh, that is uh, quite unwarranted or un- un- unjustified, he knows that he will get more attention. He knows he will get more interviews and he knows that ultimately he'll, he'll, he'll get more work. Uh, you need to remember that he's no longer a football player. He's got no revenue uh, stream. So he has to obviously generate that doing something. Um, and his particular choice at the moment is media work uh, because, let's be honest, his managerial career hasn't went really well. So um, is, is it just a case of that? Or do you genuinely believe that Barry Ferguson believes this, this stuff? Because there is no way that I believe that Barry Ferguson wants Rangers players to give Celtic um, more respect. Barry, uh, you know... What I'll say is Rangers, there's plenty you can criticise Rangers for, there really is. Um, I do it often enough, but yeah, he doesn't touch this stuff. He touches stuff that you're just like, what the hell, that isn't a problem. Why are you creating a problem here? Um, and again, it gets people talking like we are now. Yeah, that's it. It's purely to stay relevant. I mean, Barry Ferguson, the player, would have an absolute fit at what Barry Ferguson, the pundit, says about Rangers at times. And if he'd heard, I mean, I mean we've seen it ourselves when Paul O'Gwen was in charge and you know, we would draw with like a team like Cali Fissel and he'd come in and say, well played boys. And Ferguson lost the plot and basically started a mutiny. So there's no way he believes that we should be showing Celtic more respect. He just wants to stay relevant. And the only way for him to stay relevant, unfortunately, is by 
speaking ill of Rangers and he knows not the majority of our fan base don't really care what he has to say so he has to play for the other side um, and what for their clicks and getting their likes and having them keep him relevant in the media as well as getting the irk from us and that's the, the kind of best way to to kind of get us speaking about him and his media career is by saying something negative about the club so ultimately it comes down to Barry Ferguson looking out for Barry Ferguson and that's you know more power to him he has to do that he's got a career to kind of maintain himself outside of um like being a footballer and now being retired he has to kind of still bring home money so you know he can say what he wants doesn't bother me I'm not really listening to it um I think fashion Sakala just made a little comment it was for a cheap pop it was like the rock when he comes back and he says finally the rock has returned to names the town that he's come to and everybody cheers and that's all it was it was a bit of pantomime for the, the fans and we we enjoyed it Celtic fans probably took it in good spirit I'm sure I'm sorry the other mobs fans probably took it in good spirit I'm sure and then it's been drilled uh, drilled up as kind of fake controversy by all these pundits that just want to be in the media spotlight during the build-up Kenny, uh, just before I come to Andrew, it, it is indeed Go Radio that, that Barry Ferguson uh, frequents. Um, just out of interest, do you know who owns Go Radio? Uh, yeah, what's his name? Peter Martin, isn't it? No. no. Mortimer? No. no. It's, it's The penny's going to drop as soon as I say it. Wally Hockey. It's hockey, yeah. I knew, I knew who it was, actually, just couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, th- that's... It makes things more clearer, doesn't it? Well... Yeah, I could tell you stories, but I won't. <laughs> um, Andrew, are you as bothered by this as some of us are, or can you just dismiss it and 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 probably give it what it deserves, just uh, <laughs> um, ignorance to it? Well, like Barry, even as a player, always was a moaning bastard, right? Um, I used to love watching that as a kid because he looked so miserable on the pitch because he was never happier unless he was having to go at the ref or the players around him or anyone else. But as a pundit, no, I mean, it, it, for me, it's part of the froth that goes along with Scottish football. You know, there, there's dozens of these guys on both sides of the divide, all of whom are rent a mouth or rent a picture for a column that's probably not written by them to go up in the fucking record. So, yeah, I, I find it easy to dismiss. Um, it's it You should not be getting worked up about what, you know, is going in Barry Ferguson's column of a week because you know what you're going to get. You'll get something that's designed to stir up controversy, get clicks and, you know, be something that they're trying to generate some revenue for the paper for. So I was more interested in hearing Fashion Scarlet talking about the village back home in Zambia. You know, he was... You know, it's a really interesting story to be dug into there about, you know, FaceTiming with all the guys back there, talking to his family. You know, they're, they're, they're tracking his career with interest. They didn't believe that anyone from, from Zambia and certainly not from their village would ever make it to a European game, much less, you know, the, the kind of levels that Rangers have got to previously. So that was fascinating. Obviously, we weren't going to talk about that at all. Yeah. Because it's you know you're right there's 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 a story there but it's just not the it's just not what, what it's, it's not headline enough is, is what I'm trying to say um and and another uh, quip by Sakala uh, is um he said he would like to be in the Hall of Fame and in order to do that he needs to start winning um games like the game on Sunday thought that was a nice wee uh, thought that was a nice wee nod to those that are maybe a wee bit upset about the Hall of Fame um myself included. So, obviously, uh, those are the kind of talking points, John Press Conference, 
Dallas and Olomov. There's one particular thing that I do want to talk about um, to kind of sum up the press conferences, uh, and that is Rangers' um, injury list or potential injury list. So you've got Lundstrom, Jack, Ruth and Tillman. Now, Ruth, uh, I'm led to believe, has declared himself fit. Jack, Lundstrom and Tillman. Bill really hasn't given an update, per se, on, on either. He said that, yeah, they're going to return at some point this week. Um, whether they'll make the game or not, that remains to be seen. Um, so I'll give my opinion on this. Uh, Andrew, I'll actually start with you. I think this is, and, and I've been very, very critical of, of Michael Beale's handling the press. I think at times he's been good. I think at times he's been naive. And I think at times he talks too much. In this particular um instance when it's talking about especially Tillman this is straight out the book of Alex Ferguson mind games uh, that's maybe maybe that's just me hoping more than actual reality here um, and I might look really really silly uh, and, and I'm putting my neck right in the line here but I think Malik Tillman's going to start on Sunday and I know I think I know what Bill's up to here are you getting that sense? I think he's been quite coy in terms of feeding out the injury updates. We 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 know that some players have returned to training. We know some players have declared themselves fit. He's made big noises in the press conference as well about wanting to ensure that players are properly fit. They're not just telling him that they're fit, which on its face is very nice and responsible as uh, as a manager should be. Of course, it's an old firm game. There's going to be elements of mind games going on there. I don't know if we see Tillman starting, though. I mean, I'd love it. I think it'd be great. I think we're a stronger team with him in it. Um, but he's a great option to have the bench, right? Because he is a player who can absolutely change a game, I think. So we'll see. I, I suspect he will play a part in the game. I don't see him starting necessarily, though. But, hey, as Marvin said, keep believing, man. Kenny, what do you think? Do you think this is main games, or do you think that um, Bill's been 100% honest? Uh, no, I don't think he's been 100% honest at all. I think he's keeping his cards very close to his own chest and, you know, letting other people talk about it like us. But uh, what I do think is, I actually think he might well start Tillman. If he's if he's fit to play, he'll start him. But um, I, I, listen, we we need to be on it from the get-go. And we need our best 11 out there. So I, I would be expecting... Uh, the strongest possible eleven, uh, and let's not kid ourselves. This is the biggest game of our entire season. It's the biggest game, including Champions League qualifiers and all the rest of it. We 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 have to win something this season, and this is our proper opportunity to, to do that. This is the game that every single player, whether they're 70, 75, 80 percent fit will all declare themselves fit for. So he's got a job to do in terms of, you know, obviously the tactics and the formation and all the rest of it, he's got to get that right. But getting the right uh, level of fitness onto that pitch uh, is going to be really important because they they will play at a pace. So we'll have to match that. Um, I, I think he will start. I think it is a bit of mind games, but I've just got a funny feeling that he, he will start. Uh, what, I, what I will say about it as well, very quickly, is that he was meant to get a rest a couple of weeks ago, Chris, and, and Lundstrom come off after, what, six or seven minutes, uh, and the boy played a lot of football, so I've got a funny feeling that he will be carrying Knox, and he's probably said to him, you're off for a fortnight, go and rest up and make sure you're ready. 
that's you know, I think you're spot on. That's exactly what I thought. I thought um, we could get away with no playing them against Levy, plastic pitch anyway, and then let's just create a narrative because it'll give Celtic something to think about. Because what are they going to prepare for? Um, and you know, as I said, Kenny Mino could look really foolish saying this, and then come Saturday, uh, come Sunday, he's not even in the squad. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, we don't know, Chris. So I, you know, we genuinely don't know. We need to take him at, at face value, but I don't. I do think that's the case, though. What you said, I think you're spot on. I think we've. I think this has been planned. I think it's my hunch. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Scott, uh, a slightly different question for you, obviously, um, because you're more uh, probably in the know than 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 the most other Rangers fans when it comes to this particular player, because obviously uh, of your English team. But is Kemal Roof coming to the end of his Rangers career now? Um, not voluntarily, but necessary uh, for the from, from the club's point of view because this is I'm trying I'm trying to be really I'm really not trying to be critical here because one way or the other whether it be physical or mental he's he's, he's got issues there you know it, it, it really does and, and I don't mean that to be derogatory at all I know the word issues can sound quite derogatory I, I'm, I'm meaning it in a, in a purely um, factual sense that, that there is something going on there with, with Kemal Roof um, and it's is it now time for Rangers just to shake hands at the end of the season and and and, and wish him the best and he could possibly play at a level which is more suited to his body. I think it's unfortunate, um, as you said. I'm I'm, I'm a massive Kamar Roof fan and I think pound for bo- pound for pound he's the best finisher at the club. I'm not notice that I'm not saying he's the best all-out striker at the club, but if you're wanting somebody to put the ball in the net, he's your man to do it. Um, I think if Kamar Roof wasn't so injury prone and could get 30 games a season under his belt easy, then he would be nowhere near Rangers. Um, he had a good half a season at Leeds, um, really was banging them in, um, fell short to an injury the season before they got promoted and then ended up going out to Anderlecht because he couldn't find a way back into the team. You see, he took an injury at Anderlecht and then he's been here. He's scored some great goals. There's a part of me that's really confused with, and like you said, it might be in his head now. The recent articles that you've seen saying that Kamar Roof has suggested he's not fit or he's wanted a second opinion or he's wanted a third opinion. He's wanting a doctor to say, ah, here's a line, son. And no matter how gifted a player you are, that's just not the attitude. And whether it's in his head that he feels he's getting a niggle, but the fact that he came on for Arse ended a game last week, scored a good goal, but he's come on for that and he's injured again. It's there's I don't think he's got it in him now to whether it's mental or whether it's physical. Um, I don't think he's got it in him now to come back in and be a regular part of the, the Rangers team. Um, and it pains me to say it, but I, yeah, I definitely think that his his time's going to be up in the summer because he just cannot stay fit. Um, terrific player, but for what you get out of him in a season, it's just not enough. And uh, there's a one or two I'd add to that list probably this year. Um, if if Hellander's actually still alive, I mean, I, I, I've, I've got no confirmation that that man's still with us. There was a picture floating around there. He was wearing his club suit with a pair of um, New Balance trainers, uh, white New Balance trainers, and it pissed off a lot of Rangers' dad. So um, he, he is certainly still alive. Uh, it's just... His dress sense just isn't quite. Um, but by the way, that's apparently that's a rumor. Apparently, his dress sense is a bit mental. Um, but yeah, I. Rob C. Hellander. I <laughs> pretty much. Um, 
I actually disagree. I actually agree and disagree with Scott. I agree that he is the best player at the club, but I actually disagree with you saying that he's not the best striker at the club. I actually think he is the best striker at the club. Um, I feel like Kamar Roof is, is playing every single game for me over Morelos uh, and over Cholak, uh, no doubt about it. Um, although Gerard was able to get Roof and um, Morelos on the park at the same time, and it did work. Uh, so he is... No doubt about it, not having Kamal Roof on the pitch uh, consistently is, is more harmful to Rangers, but you, you also look at the other side, the, the kind of business side of the club, it's becoming more and more harmful to Rangers, the fact that he isn't able to play because uh, financially he's he, he's he's on quite a packet and he's he's just not contributing anymore. And then when he does contribute, we've seen it twice now this season, he played against Aberdeen uh, for about half an hour, 35 minutes, broke down after that, and then he played against Livingston for 20 minutes, broke down after that, and then, you know, Michael Beale's effectively coming out saying he's fine, he's fine, he's 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 all right. Uh, when quite clearly it it, it doesn't feel. Oh. I, think, I think we fall into this trap quite a lot though, because like you said there, I was just like, right. I, I I'm probably going to side with you more often than not. I'm just sort of trying to take as as unbiased of you as much as I like Kamara as I possibly can. But it, we we fall into this trap by saying. Uh, Oh, I imagine a fit and fire on Roof's the best striker at the club. Yeah, a fit and fire on Morelos, man. Oh, that's what we need every week. Oh, a fit and fire on Chola. A fit and fi- honestly, fuck. And I was just like, and honestly, Doctor Shipman, whoever's the fucks in our medical team, we've get we 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 really need to start pushing with the cock we've got because we need to stop living in fantasy land and thinking that Morelos is. I mean, I I, I know you said the other day about Morelos. Maybe going to be this, will this be the Morelos final? And I'm like, I've, I've had, I've got no evidence to believe it, yeah. and it's we keep talking about this fit and fire. Are, are we just painting a picture in our head that somebody can be fit and firing, whereas they really less, more often than not, don't pull it out the bag for us? Yeah, you've nailed that there, Scott. That's absolutely bang on. It yeah. really is. Um, Eddie, any comment to make about possible main games, Kamal Roof? I, I know you've been over Kamal Roof quite a few times now. Not, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and nah, I'm bored about talking about Kmart Roof and his injuries. Um, I think the Tillman thing, I think we're, we potentially are playing a bit of mind games. I also think it was a good idea by Beale, if it, if that is the case, just to take him out of the limelight because there was still a bit of backlash from the whole Partick Thistle nonsense. But um, I personally hope that he is fit, ready for Sunday. Kmart Roof, I fully expect him to be injured. It's become that kind of self-fulfilling prophecy now Kmart Roof comes on everybody cracks a joke of oh that'll be him out for a few weeks and then after the game lo and behold he has picked up a knock and he is out for a few weeks it's it's a crying shame is what it is um you're absolutely right and Scott despite not wanting to fully commit to it um he's right as well he is the best striker at the club a fully fit Kmart Roof is a phenomenal football player he's got everything he's got touch he's got skill he's got movement his finishing is brilliant. The problem is a fully fit Kmart Roof almost doesn't exist. And it's a real shame. We got to see it for one season, just about. And um, he was absolutely tremendous. And the only thing you can really say is if he was if he was able to stay fit permanently, he probably almost certainly wouldn't be with us, unfortunately. And this is the kind of thing that it becomes a choice of, do you, do you take the risk and hang on to a player who's, permanently injured knowing that he's got the ability that he does or do you just say right enough's enough and uh, I'll be honest I'm now starting to reach the point where I'm saying enough's enough and perhaps it's time just to move on and it's a real shame um just his body 
isn't designed for the rigors of Scottish football week in, week out, and you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not available, then unfortunately you're not much use. What does this uh, cup final mean for Michael Beale, win or lose? For me, uh, I'll give my opinion first. One, I think Michael Beale, if we win, sorry, I think Michael Beale will go on to win many, many more trophies and it will set up a, a fine legacy. Uh, I really do. I think he'll go on and win many more. It's almost that Alex McLeish syndrome. I don't like that comparison because when McLeish came in, it was a very different situation altogether. We were downsizing. I, I don't like to think that we're now downsizing again. I think um, we should be looking the other way. However, the, the parallels are there where, obviously, getting that first cup final out of the way when you're trailing in the league, and in order to get that first cup final, uh, in order to get that first cup in the bag, you have to dispatch Celtic. Obviously, McLeish done that in the semi-final and then went on to win the final against there. So it was almost a gimme. The semi-final was the final, if you will. Lose, then it's a whole different scenario. The pressure will ramp up Michael Wheel. The role has, rightly or wrongly, his bottle will be questioned. Um, purely because of his record as a coach under Gerrard, where his domestic cup record was a shambles, let's just call it for what it is. But it wasn't fully his domestic cup record, albeit it was Gerrard's, uh, but he was still part of that team. But I think on the other side of it, what does this mean for this Rangers team if we lose? I honestly believe this is the last chance for so, so many of these players. You're talking a good five or six players to actually show us they've got the mentality, they've got the capability to play for Rangers. We can't hang on to 55 anymore. We can't hang on to Seville anymore. We're in present day and it's all about going forward. Are these players good enough? Are these players capable? And do these players have the mentality to play for Rangers? And this Sunday will answer all those questions. A defeat absolutely has to um, spell the end of, as I say, a good four, five, six Rangers players' careers because fundamentally they would have lost more finals than they've won and they they, they would have lost um, more honours than, than they've won. Uh, although, overall, that record will remain even if we win. But this is a new chapter and we cannot start as we mean to carry on with a cup final defeat. So I think there's a lot of important elements on the line here. What it means for Bill, what it means for the players. I think it's more important for the players than Bill in a way. Because I think Bill survives this regardless. The players shouldn't. And certainly if the players do, then I'm going to be worried. A win would even change my mind. Right, there's been a, there's been a, there's been a, a fundamental change here at the football club. Michael Beale has turned a, a massive corner for these Rangers players' careers in terms of the, their mentality, their bottle. Um, and it would give me confidence that we can go and finish the season as strong as possible and, and put as much pressure on, on them as, as much as possible. So, Kenny, what, what, what do you think? What, what does a win or a, or a defeat do for Michael Beale? What it does for Michael Beale, uh, I don't think it'll... T- well, obviously, if he wins, it changes plenty, but I don't think it'll change too much if he actually loses it, he's got a job to do. He's there for a few years. Uh, he's got a rebuild on. We've talked about this on multiple occasions on this podcast. But what what I will say about it is that what I have considered is that we all know, all in this pod, but most Rangers fans all know this, that this squad is going to get dismantled in the summer. And for me, that there's a situation here which I hadn't really noticed until I was writing a blog the other day that's going to come out in the next couple of days, and I actually thought about it when I was writing it, that uh, this squad of players have been together for so long, they've got a Scottish Cup, they've got the 55, this completes their set, okay? Uh, and I think there's a number of players, Scott's just said it himself there, that there's, there's more than just Kamar Roof that will probably be... Ex- exiting the door in, uh, in the summer 
And I think that I actually think there's a number of them that probably realise that. Um, and I think that as a team, as a squad, as a group of players, uh, going by the press conferences, uh, they are very, very focused on this uh, for Sunday. Um, it's kind of intrigued me a little bit when I thought about it that that is the set, that they'll have the, the complete set. They've got to a European final. They've done tremendously well in Europe over the years. Uh, and to get those, you know, to complete the set, get the domestic set as well, would be a, quite an achievement when you consider where we've came from. Beg your pardon. But um, for Michael, to go, sorry, to go back to Michael Beale, um listen, I don't think it changes too much for him. I, I, I think... What it will do if we win, uh, it gives us a momentum. Uh, and if we can win uh, pretty comprehensively, if you like, on uh, Sunday th- uh, and give them a bit of a beating, then we will take a lot of momentum that they have away. Uh, what that does in the league might be far too late for that. You never know. But I'll tell you what, if we can keep it together, uh having gained that momentum and taken a little bit off of them on Sunday, uh We'll be very, very confident if we maintain or reduce that gap in the league of being able to go to uh, Celtic Park, uh, forfeit, uh, and get something over there. You know, if we, and if we were to win over there, the season's not finished. And I think that's what Michael Beale will be actually trying to tell them. If you if you understand what I mean, that football is all about momentum, and that that's how big. This is on Sunday, I think, uh, for the whole group, the manager, his, his coaching staff, who are going to experience an, an old firm cup final for the first time, uh, and those players who it might be their last final, you never know, uh, for a number of them. So I, I've got a feeling that Michael Beale is fully aware of how how important this game is, if, if you get me. Uh but whether he wins or loses, a lot will depend on the performance as well. Chris, let's not kid ourselves. If we turn up and, and we're poor, then yeah, he is going to get pilloried from pillar to post, isn't he? So, But if we win, yeah, it it puts him on a, a very sound footing to, to, to progress the football club and the football team. Eddie? I don't think losing has as much of an impact as winning. And I say that in the... Beal's come in, he's done an absolutely fantastic job results-wise um, so far. And, a w- and winning the Cup would just be absolutely brilliant for him. And, and like you say, it kind of rings back to McLeish when he first came in. Um, I don't think losing has such a negative impact on him because, as I discussed earlier, Celtic are favourites and rightly so going into it. So if we lose, we'll not be happy. Uh, no one will be happy and it'll be a case of them getting another title. I don't, or another uh, trophy. I don't think that reflects badly on Beal. I think it'll reflect badly on the players because it's the same group of players that have seen us give away a number of titles and uh, trophies over the last few years. And I think it'll reflect badly on the board. But as far as Beal goes, I don't think he can take any blame if we don't walk away with the, the trophy. But I fully expect us to walk away, that being said. Andrew? I'm kind of more inclined to agree with Eddie there. I mean, obviously, if uh, Beal completely cocks up the team selection and puts out, you know, six defenders, then then yeah, we'll probably get what we, you know, deserve. But I I think this is a, a good moment for this group of players to prove what they are capable of. They've certainly shown since Michael Beal has come in more of what they are capable of. A lot of these players were 
in poor form under Gio. You can, you know, debate about whether that was down to poor mentality or, you know, lack of cohesion from the tactics going forward or whatever. But the point is that these players have got the best environment, I think, at the moment to be able to prove exactly what they are capable of. So they stand themselves in, in perfect stead right here. I don't think any blame should be attached to Michael Beale. You know, the questionable decisions as a manager aside, you know, uh, if he does do that, then then fine. But if he sets out the team that we know can win, then it's on these players to deliver it. So we shall see what happens. And Scott? I'm very reluctant to say that any blame can go on Beale for losing it because we are paying the price for the lack of investment in the summer and the lack of investment in the previous year and not building on a league title win. However, that's the sort of attitude that gets you a serial cup final loser into the Hall of Fame. So you have to win. Uh, we were robbed out of this with an offside goal a couple of years ago. Uh, not just a, an offside goal, but a good few yards offside goal. So we're due to win this. And we need to win it to throw the gauntlet down. We need to let them know it's still on. Albeit said, out of the teams, it's more likely to give a reaction. I think if Celtic beat us, we'll continue on as we are in the league. If we beat Celtic, I can see us drawing and Celtic going out and humping their next opponent 10-0 and, and going 12 points clear. So I think we just need to go out there, we need to win, we need to lay the gauntlet down and we need to build on, like Kenny said, the momentum. We need to use this to galvanise the team and show them that whether it's the attitude or whether... It's the tactics, whatever. But we need to go out there. I don't think Bill can take any blame unless he makes a, a catastrophic James Sands substitution in the 86th minute. Yeah, and obviously, I, I was going to bring this up towards the end, but I'll bring it on now because it kind of leads it in nicely. The last time Rangers won the League Cup was actually 12 years ago in 2011, where they beat Celtic 2-1. Uh, Davis and Jelvic getting the goals. The last time we were in the League Cup final was 2019, as Scott, me- as Scott mentioned there, where Celtic beat us 1-0 with a Chris Julian... Uh, Chris Julian offside goal, um, which was, uh, was just a brutal, brutal day. I mean, it's uh, I'm not going to say Celtic didn't deserve it because at the end of the day, Celtic done what Celtic had to do. But wow, I've never seen a one-sided final like that in my life. Um, and to be in the losing end, it was it was quite uh, baffling. So I said at the top of the show, I would take the performance that they put in that day and came away with a win um, against the performance Rangers put in. I, I, I absolutely would take a really shitty performance as long as you win. It kind of leads into what the show's called, just fucking win. That's that's all that that's all that I care about. Um cu- couple of things just to round off before we go. Um Kenny, uh who are Rangers key men for this game? Um for me, Tillman, obviously. Um but if I'm gonna look at the other end, Goldson and Davis need to be absolutely switched on. They need to be they, they, they need to give the performances we know they're capable of giving. Uh Kent again needs to turn up, but as I said, as Scott ever so slightly alluded to, Alfredo Morelos needs to turn up. Um, I think the last couple of fun games he's he's got by uh, without being spectacular. He looks fatter now. He looks leaner. He looks he looks hungry. If you pardon the pun, we need to see it against Celtic. We know the last time that he played Celtic in the League Cup Finals, we just said they had an absolute horrific day. Not that they had a bad performance, I thought his performance was good. He just could not put the ball in the net. He needs to do that on Sunday. 
Look, it, who, who's the key players? Uh, it, when the, the minute you said that, I thought the fullbacks right away. The fullbacks have to be at the top of their game, both defending and and at the, the top of the park. We we need a real performance out of Tavernier and and Barisic. Barisic we know has had uh, his struggles in in this fixture of late. Uh, he needs to be on it. Tavernier needs to. Hopefully, with the Hall of Fame thing, that uh, he's he's buzzing and full of confidence, and he has a great game. Uh, the back four in general, uh, and I, I agree with you. Kent has to have a great game, uh, and hopefully Tillman as well. If Tillman plays and plays the way he, he has been doing, he'll cause them all sorts of problems. He really will. He's a top top player. That kid. Eddie, what about you, mate? Um, if Tillman plays, I think Tillman's probably the most kind of standout player for us going into it but I, I think Fashion Sakala definitely deserves a mention that last game when we played against them I know Juranovic came on into a position that's probably not is is kind of strongest and um, he was coming off the back of the World Cup and he's no longer there but I do think Sakala just he stepped it up a level in that second half of the last old firm and just under Beal he's been brilliant when he's been playing so I think he if he starts I think he could have a, a strong say on the outcome of the game you know it's, it's the one player that I actually missed I totally 100% agree with you there I think Sakala absolutely needs to be the first name in the team sheet because I think presently he's the probably the only player not only the fans of of, of the other mob field but certainly the players of the other mob field um, and even if he doesn't have a good game it's good to have him on the park because I think he will put a wee bit of fear in them, knowing that he is capable of something. He might, as I say, he might not deliver on the day because y- y- you get that with Sakala, but he's the one player that it's like Ryan Kent's first two seasons against Celtic, where you knew he was going to cause them problems, regardless of what his form was going into the games. You knew Celtic were going to feel him, and and that's the kind of aura that Sakala has at the moment getting into this fixture. So. I'd be very, very dis. In fact, you know what? I would even go as far as saying it would be a mistake not to start Sakala. We will come with what we think the team is going to be, but um, that, that 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 certainly Sakala certainly is going to be a key man for us. Andrew, what about yourself? Uh, well, I, I think there's another couple of players who are potentially going to have a big influence here, which is Raskin and Campwell. Um, obviously, players who haven't played in this fixture before. Both players who have come up looking like they're slotting in really well to the team. I'm really interested to see how they react to it, and I think they could be the difference for us. And Scott? Uh, pretty much just echoing everybody's sentiments. I agree wholeheartedly with Sakala probably being the first name in the team sheet. Um, I've, <laughs> I was always a big critic of Sakala, but I tell you what, his work rate's second to none. I, say, I said that in the first game, the, the last old firm game, actually. But no, he fought for every ball, and it, it just didn't stop. And I think that's something that we need in the team right now. I think Kent more often than not knows, regard like you said, regardless of his form, he knows what an occasion it is, and he, he does up his game. Morelos, I'm not even thinking about. Uh, I think I can count two games when he's maybe played well against them. I think he's he's got too much of a point to prove now, and I think when his Rangers career is over, you'll look back at him as saying one of the players that could never really done it against Celtic. Um, the back four need to be tight. Uh, we can't give anything away. We can't play slack passes, and we need to make those. We, you've seen what happened with the equaliser at first—a calamity of errors uh, in the previous game. We we need to stop being so soft at the back, and uh, whether it's just shameless defending, but 
sometimes you just need to get the boot in and get the ball hoofed up the park and out your danger zone. And I think we're we're quite reluctant to do that at times, albeit to play our style. But there's there's sometimes in some occasions when you just need to get that ball out of there. Um, and we're we're not normally quickest to react to it. So for me, back four have to play a blind up. Um, Kent and Sakala will be our men to watch. I think Raskin, he's probably the the new the newbie to it that I think will make an impact. Personally, not seen Cantwell being able to produce on this stage as much. I think it's more flicks and tricks than it is substance. Um, happy to be proven wrong. I hope he does a Rabona for thirty yards and sticks it in the top bin and wins as a cup. But at the moment, that's that's of my feelings. I know we'll not really want to focus too much on them, uh, but I, I think uh, and this isn't a, a respect thing. Obviously, this is just um, it's. I'm, I'm doing this from a Rangers point of view. We have to look at who their danger man is. We have to look at who we have to keep quiet in order to give us the best possible chance of winning this game. Uh, so for me, uh, I would only pick out two. I'm not too worried about Kyle Ogle. I think uh, I think Ben Davis in particular will have him under control. Uh, Kyogo's movement's obviously very good, but I think Davis is a very mobile type player. Golson will look to do the other side of the, the, the defensive job. Um, so for me, the two players that we certainly have to keep quiet is uh, Jota, albeit he's not in the greatest form at the moment, but as we discussed earlier, form doesn't really matter when coming into these games. So Tavernier is going to have to really be 100% at it right from the get-go. None of this 5, 10, 15 minutes feeling as we enter the game shit because we've seen what happened in the last game where if you're not at it right from the get-go, mistakes will be punished with a Celtic team. Um, and I really do not want to see an early goal uh, conceded. Albeit, you know, this Rangers team respond well to going to go down, so it might not actually be the worst thing that ever happened, but I, I want to give us the best possible chance of winning the cup final. And obviously, conceding first isn't going to give us the best chance. And uh, secondly, Callum McGregor. We need to keep him quiet. Uh, and I think Raskin is going to be the man for that. So much so, Kenny, me and you had a, 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 a disagreement on what we think the team lineup's going to be. Uh, it's it's so controversial, I get that, and, I, and I'm like 95% sure it won't happen. <clears throat> but I would actually play a kind of 4-1-4-1, um, and I would only have Raskin as a sitting player, because I think he would deal with McGregor in that position. And then we have the legs and the, the, the other four, which would be Tillman, Cantwell, Sakala and Kent. I think they've got the legs to track back, so we wouldn't be short in midfield anyway. That's what I would do, but I, I also get the sentiment it's just too attacking. Um, and, and maybe that's why I'm not a manager, because my team would probably get scudded 4 or 5 now in the first half. But uh, th- that's what I would do. I think it would set a signal of intent. Uh, so Kenny, I'll come to you first because obviously me and you discussed this earlier about the, the team lineup. You're a wee bit more conservative. You would have Jack in instead of Cantwell or, or, or Lundstrom. Uh, so who, who do you think Celtic? Just just give me two 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 danger men, two key men that we need to keep quiet to give ourselves the best possible chance of, of bringing the trophy home. Well, actually, I'll agree with you. I think Jota is uh, is a tremendous player. Actually, to be fair, to him. Uh, but more importantly, I'll tell you what you've just said is. The reason why I think you'll start with two very quickly here is because if you can stop uh, them at source, and that th- their source is Callum McGregor, if you can stop them at source, then we will win that game. That That's the whole point. We have to be able to press from the front uh, and stop that ball getting into Callum McGregor because without McGregor, Hatati becomes nothing, O'Reilly becomes poor, they can't get it out wide to Jota or Abada or Maeda, whoever's going to be playing. Uh, and that that's my 
that's why I would play with, with uh, either Jack or Lundstrom with Raskin and uh, play with that four two three one uh, because I think we've got enough uh, about us in there if we do that. Whereas I think if we play with a four one four one, if you like, it's just too open, Chris. It will be far too easy to play through. Uh, and they will play through a press. They'll play through a press uh, a fair bit anyway because they're, they're a decent side. But we have to be able to stop them from doing that every time they've got the ball. So, yeah, I would agree with you, actually. McGregor and Jota are the two. To be fair to you, Kenny, I actually, um, as soon as you said Hattati, I, I, straight away I was like, I forgot all about him. And he is the... I'm not in the business of praising Celtic players, but for me, forget Jota, forget Kyogo, forget... Juranovic, Carter Vickers, he is he is the best player that Postecoglou has signed. He he is. Um, he's a good player, that boy, isn't he? He really is. He's a very very good player, and I'll be honest. Since Hitati's came in, we've been unable to beat Celtic um, except the semi final, and on that day, Lundstrom done a number on him. The only time we've beat Celtic since Hitati's came in is when we were able to keep him quiet. And and yeah, I, I would actually contradict myself now and say that I would put Jack in because Hitati is also a danger man that we need to keep quiet. And with the the body of work is there, we're proven. You keep Hitati quiet, you beat Celtic, and um, yeah, you made a good point. I actually forgot all about him. Um, Andrew, what, what, what about you? Who do you think Celtic's danger men are? I'm not interested in their players. I just want our players to do well. Um, no, I mean it's a difficult one, right? Ideally, we don't want any of their players turning up, and the way that we do that is by shutting them down at source, which means that our guys have to be on it. I I agree with the idea of shutting down Hatate. Um, I think he's been an excellent player for them, but I, I think if if we play to our strengths, then we don't need to worry about any individual one of their players because I think we we have got the ability to stop them from playing the way that they want to play, and that means that we'll win the game. Eddie. I'm a bit like Andrew. I don't really watch them to know who their kind of danger players are. Um, so I'm just going to say Jota, just because that's the only one I can think of. Fair enough. And uh, finally, Scott? Uh, I can only really judge Celtic on who I've seen play against us. And I'd probably say more along the lines of keeping Hitati quiet in the midfield. Um, but I, I don't think it really matters who they play. It's our mentality. And if we show them respect, we slow down and we have a lapse in concentration they'll exploit that. So we need to be switched on. We need to fight for the ball in the middle of the park, fight for the ball in their half and take it to them, put them at the sword. Don't don't sit back and invite them onto you because it's only going to lead to bad things. Absolutely, absolutely. The mentality has to be right for this game. Um, so that, that just about kind of covers everything. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a stonker. I expect it to be one of the best cup finals in a long, long time. I don't think it'll be a case of it'll be a one-sided cup final and, and the, the poorer team might steal it or, or the poorer team might be um, on a hiding. I think it will be a very open game. I think there will be goals from both sides, unfortunately. And uh, I can only hope that Rangers will, will, will obviously score more goals than Celtic and bring the cup home. Um, that's just, the, as I say, we don't do predictions in this show because it's just it's kind of pointless anyway. We're a Rangers podcast. Everyone is going to say Rangers are going to win, even if we're playing um, a, 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 a really top-class opposition because we all want Rangers to win. So what's the point predicting it? It's, it's just more of a case of as long as the attitude is right, the mentality is right, the application is spot on um, and the fight is there because you do need these 
attributes when you go into a, an old firm match anyway. Um, if one of them are lacking, you're at a major disadvantage and more often than not, you won't win the game. So those things have to be absolutely uh, spot on. Wee bits of kind of housekeeping. Um, first of all, we're going to have some new shows coming to the network. Um, I'll bring Adair in a minute who can obviously give us a wee bit more insight into that. But first of all, I'll say what I always say. Um, follow us on our social feeds. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We are on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. We're also on YouTube. So if you can like, follow, subscribe to any of our social media channels, that would be very much appreciated. Um, tell a friend, tell a friend, uh, check us out. If you don't, if they don't like us, they don't like us. But um, hopefully they do, and we we can obviously grow the podcast a wee bit more. Um, so if you could do that. As I say, I'll bring Eddie in who will describe some of the new shows that are coming to the network and Eddie will also provide us with the email address. Eddie. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. So we've a number of different shows that we're going to be debuting on the network over the, the next kind of few weeks. Um, we'll be continuing, obviously, with the flagship shows and whose teams are anyway, but we're also looking to introduce a new deep dive. Um, we did one, we kind of floated a, a concept one around the transfer window a few weeks ago, but we're going to look at putting forward one around the state of the Scottish football TV deal. Um, We're looking to kind of run that over a couple of shows and have a real kind of dive down into why the deal is so bad and the history of the Scottish football TV deals over the years um, with with a number of different companies that we've run with over that course of time. We're also going to be looking at putting together a show where me and Chris are going to look at last season's um, Europa League run uh, Chris and myself obviously sat together for pretty much every single game in that European run um, for the home games and we're going to be looking at that run and just how special it was, the emotions going into each game and of course the emotions after each result. Um, we're looking at putting together a new show which is quite timely with the Rangers Hall of Fame announcements earlier in the week. Um, we're going to debut a new show called Hall or Nothing and it's going to be myself and a couple of guests coming on one to argue for someone going in the Hall of Fame with the other guest arguing against that person going into the Hall of Fame. And then also once a month, we're looking to run a new show. Um, Many of our listeners will know, but for those of you that don't, Chris is obviously a two-time Clyde FM Beat the Pundit champion. So once a month, we're going to run a Rangers-themed quiz where a listener can come on and try to beat the pundit champion Chris and if they do we'll be looking to offer out some prizes and we'll put some more details of those prizes up on the Twitter feed over the coming weeks as well. So if you're interested in any of these shows or you have any ideas or you want to come on and be a guest on anything you can drop us a line at contact at saturday at uk, and that's all letters no numbers. Excellent. Uh, so all that remains for me to do is obviously thank you guys and the listeners. So first of all, Eddie, I'll just come to you again, mate. Thanks very much. No, no problem. Um, always enjoyable to talk about Rangers and then hopefully the recording of the review of the final will be just as enjoyable. Absolutely, absolutely. Because if it's not, it'll only be five minutes long. Um, and uh, Scott, welcome back, mate. Good to be back and uh, yeah, hopefully it's a, a happy occasion for the review. Absolutely. Uh, Kenny? Thanks, thanks very much for your input. Great insight as always. Cheers, Chris. Thanks for that. Enjoyed that. And uh, finally, producer Andrew. Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure, boys. Um, and yeah, here's hoping we're talking about a fun and happy result uh, come the review. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to the listeners uh, as always. 
listen, it's an important game of the weekend. Um, enjoy yourself. Uh, don't get too drunk. Um, and hopefully uh, the next time you hear from us, as the guys alluded to, uh, it'll be a very, very happy podcast indeed where we're talking about our Rangers victory and um, the League Cup is back home where it belongs because it does belong at Ibrox. Rangers are the record. League Cup holders 27 wins. So let's hope that it will be the 28th on Sunday. Um, your support is always appreciated. So let's just get this trophy back home and we will discuss it next week. Here's hoping. Thank you.